Senator Huff. Hey, how you doing? All right, good. Are you are you local or are you down in the little swamp? No, I'm down in Annapolis. Uh-huh. We're just uh, wrapping up for the day, and I thought I would uh, call in and uh, give an update on the events and happenings down here. And I caught the caught the tail end of your conversation, and your your callers make a lot of great points. I'll say uh, about the uh, Amazon data centers. I, I would say that, given that I live in Brunswick, uh, and that obviously I talk to people involved in county government, state government, sure, and the business community. I, I've known about this Amazon thing, and everyone's known about it. I should say everyone, but a lot of folks have known about it for months and months now. And it's a real shame, a real lost opportunity, uh, almost, you hate to say, but a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, a $30 billion investment. That would have been one of the largest in the United States history. And your caller, he really nailed it. You're not talking about uh, Amazon corporate headquarters or, you know, you're talking a lot of traffic. Warehousing, right. yeah, you're talking about these data centers, which are almost like ATMs in your county. I mean, look at Loudoun County yeah. uh, pumping out $500 million in tax revenue out of, there, out of theirs. Hmm. I've heard that our that this one was you're looking at $150 million in the first couple of years. What you could have done for our schools or to preserve our agricultural land in that Frederick County, uh, just unbelievable. And from everything I've heard, they weren't asking for it. It wasn't like when they came, they were looking to do their corporate headquarters in the state of Maryland and right. others had to really offer incentives, they weren't looking for that. They were just looking for a partner to work with. And I've heard the county completely just botched it, blew it up. And, uh, you know, you've had some far-left people in the council, like Kai Hagen and others, that were pushing back, and they just didn't get it done. I mean, it's a real failure. It is. It is. And I didn't call in to talk about this, but I'm I'm glad to talk about it because I heard your caller was. And uh, I can tell you, I've already reached out to Amazon because I knew about this. I knew this had happened. I've already met with them. I told them if I get elected county executive, I'll make it a priority to try to get this deal back going again. Because we just cannot let that kind of money and that kind of jobs walk away from this county. You're looking for an opportunity to bring in jobs, bring in money, and not change over and completely have some kind of development that changes over or destroys the county. You could actually, in this, it was great. Have your cake and eat it, too bring in something that brings in revenue and preserve your farmland and your, your current county. It's just a little bit a great deal. I think uh, the more that I'm being information I'm given a very, you know, privy to is uh, coming right from the, uh, the people on the inside. And it, it, it just breaks my heart to what I'm hearing, but Senator want to know what's going on downtown Annapolis. Yeah, so we're uh, we're starting to get some action down here on the floor. So things are finally, uh, you know, bills are coming out of committee and they're starting to come to the floor of the Senate. And, you know, today we actually had our first debate. And I thought I would call in because one of the things that were, there were a couple of things that were notable I thought your listeners would care about. One was we had legislation that's going to allow uh, felons to be on juries. Hang on. And, Can I ask you to hold on with that, uh, Senator? Sure. Hold that thought. Yeah. Felons on jurors. Not in the courtroom, but on the jury. We'll be right back. It's 420. You can listen to 930 WFMD on all devices on the WFMD app. A service of Frederick Air. It's a good call. Download it at the Apple App Store or Google Play. On the road, just add it to your presets on your desktop, tablet, or mobile phone at WFMD.com. On Alexa or 99.9 HD2, wherever you are, whenever you want. It's free on all devices. 930 WFMD.
If you were like many Americans, the new year is a great opportunity for new beginnings, for positive change, and a healthier lifestyle. If you or someone you know suffers from sleep apnea, there is help available that doesn't require surgery and no downtime. Did you know that over 80 million Americans suffer with obstructive sleep apnea? In the past, CPAP was the only option available to effectively treat sleep apnea. But today, many people who couldn't tolerate the CPAP machine or want another option have hope with a custom-fitted oral appliance. Dr. Jeffrey Cross is dedicated to the treatment of sleep apnea. And every year, Dr. Cross sees firsthand how his patients' lives have greatly improved using oral appliance therapy for snoring and sleep apnea. If you've been diagnosed with sleep apnea, there are treatment options available. Let Dr. Cross help. He's in network with most medical insurance plans and a Medicare provider. If you're ready for a great night of sleep, a happy partner, and a new you, call Dr. Jeffrey Cross for a consultation today. 301-880-0737. That's 301-880-0737 or online at crossdentistry.com. Fryag Products is your largest and most reliable firewood producer in the area. Pick it up at their Woodbine or Mount Airy locations or call 301-367-5350 for delivery. That's 301-367-5350 or like them on Facebook. 930 WFMD traffic for Frederick and surrounding counties. Being reported some debris in the roadway on 70 westbound between mile markers 65 and 66, but all lanes are open. You've got some delays still on 270 northbound as well. Basically, it's going to be stop and go from Clarksburg all the way into Frederick. 15 northbound, seeing a lot of congestion too, just north of West Patrick Street. And it looks like they cleared just about that earlier accident. 70 eastbound in Hagerstown just passed uh, right before you get to uh, 40. It looks like uh, most of that traffic is starting to clear up now. That's your traffic from Frederick. Frederick Aaron Bryant, whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Frederick Air, it's a good call. You'll hear the pressing issues from across the nation and free talk from Frederick and the four states on the Talk of Mid-Maryland, 930 WFMD. Hey, we're back. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate that. About 423 in the afternoon, talking to Senator Mike Huff from down in Annapolis. That's where they do all the work for us. And, uh, Senator, you left me with a thought I didn't think I heard correctly, that there's a bill that would allow convicted felons to sit on juries? It's on the Senate floor right now. It came out of committee. <laughs> I voted against it coming out of committee. And, uh, again, you know, we, we talked about, I think, two weeks ago when I called in, I was telling you what was going on, and I said, they live in this bubble down here because there's a crime wave. And really the crime wave, the worst part of it is closer to Annapolis, Baltimore City, which is uh, really out of control of the crime. Yep. Of course, we're seeing you know, some of it in our area as well throughout the state. But this bill would say that right now, if you have been convicted of a crime that carries more than one year sentence, you are ineligible to serve on a jury. This would say that no matter the crime you've been convicted of, you are eligible to now serve on a jury. Even if you were convicted of witness intimidation, tampering with a jury, perjury, lying under oath, all of those crimes of moral turpitude, you could now serve on a jury. Now they'll say, well, the state's attorney, and they can remove these people. But why should they? Why, why would you want to have known liars and people with... You know, those kinds of crimes, witness intimidation, somebody that has interfered with a court process. Why would you want them to serve on a jury? So it's just uh, it's just crazy. Insanity. And uh, the other bills, uh, of course, uh, I'm sure the happy marijuana bill is making its way through. 
It has not yet. It's going to be interesting. The House is very much set on pushing through and making a constitutional amendment. The Senate hasn't, at least the Senate leadership, it's it's vague what they're saying, uh, if they want to do that or not. I, I, I think I said this last time I called in. It's, it's a very bad idea to put marijuana in the Constitution. You don't do that. We did that with gambling. It was very foolish. Yeah. And then anytime you wanted to make a change with the gambling law, then we had to go in and do a constitutional amendment. So if your casino wanted to change hours or you're adding another casino, you'd do a whole constitutional amendment. That's not the way our system's set up in Maryland. We don't have, um, you know, we're not like California where you put these things on the ballot and things like that. So it's it's just foolish. If they want to do it, they can do a bill and pass it tomorrow. But the politics, that's what it's all about, that they think they are young voters who are more left-leaning that will come out and vote for them on a constitutional amendment. And that's just not how you, you should do the law. If they want to legalize marijuana, they can put a bill in and we can vote on it. This is just election year type games. Well, there's a, there's a, before I take you back here, I've got a text message. It says, uh, it's a lie. A sitting state senator and candidate falsely accusing county elected officials of something serious with no knowledge of the evidence. Think about that. Now we're back to talking about the uh, Amazon deal. And yeah. I did want to ask you, Senator, if there's any information that... Uh, you can share with us as that you weren't in on, you know, the the confidential meetings uh, that took place first, that uh, you can enlighten us more on on why you feel, you know, why you made the statement you did that Tim just yeah, if somebody has If somebody has facts otherwise, they can say it. But I can tell you, I live in Brunswick. I've yeah. talked to folks, uh, Brunswick officials. Kelly Schultz, who was quoted in the paper and who was Commerce Secretary at the time, will back up what I've said. Uh, and because the state of Maryland was involved... I've talked to folks at the county level. I've talked to business developers who are involved. I've probably talked to 20 people who are involved in this, and they all told me the same thing, that basically Frederick County treated Amazon like AOC and said, we don't, we don't need you, we don't want you, and they turned down. It was in the paper today, a, three, a $300 or $300 billion investment. And even the excuses they try to give in the paper, well, they were trying to slow, you know, they wanted to do it in a year, and we couldn't make that happen. They wanted to buy a building, the old State Farm building. Tim, how long did that take them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two or three months they, when they well, wanted they had to do to that? Remember, they, the excuse from the county was they're being pushed because somebody else wants it, which is the oldest realtor trick there is in the world, as you know. Yeah. You, you and better then move if you on look this at, or it's gone. Yeah. Yeah, and even look at what they recently did, which they put $2.5 million for the hotel in downtown Frederick. They had to move so quick on that. That they voted, Councilman Dacey made a, a motion of a public hearing on that, allow the public to come in and comment. They said, no, we got to move too quick. They moved on that in like two weeks. So the idea that they couldn't get this done, their excuse in the paper, that's laughable. And I think people in the business community, people who are involved, people at state government level, the governor, everyone at state government level, Kelly Schultz, they were all involved, know about it. And everybody knows Frederick County has blundered this. It's a well-known uh, you know, and it's, you know, the press is finally picking up on it. But if somebody has details other than, you know, trying to say I'm being inaccurate, I'm sure that's probably from Kai Hagen or something, who, who I pointed this out weeks ago on social media to him. I said, you blew, and everyone in Brunswick knows that you blew this data center and really hurt Brunswick and really hurt the residents there as far as money and jobs. He says, no, you're lying. Well, the paper says otherwise today. <laughs> I think what they don't realize is that, yes, maybe the county council, uh, all the members and the county exec's officer are keeping their mouth shut. God bless them real good. 
but there's so many other entities that are not keeping their mouth shut, and they need to realize that. So that when we speak of this, and I had this for months, uh, well, I'm talking to the people that were there, the people, not the county council members and not the county exec, but the, everybody knows. This is not a secret. And I have yet to see the answer from the county exec why, uh, you know, why this isn't true. I mean, everybody, anyone can say it's not true. Prove it. And also they say the election. Well, I'm told that this whole thing was a year ago that it started. So I don't know what the election this year and the zoning yeah. prohibitions that run into this year have to do with a project that really August. was going last year. I yes. mean, this this was months old that I heard. I think it was this summer that I heard this whole thing was blown up and done. Yep, August. So the, the, the fact that you're coming to the election is just making excuses. And, you know, you're never going to hear anything I doubt out of them other than just, oh, that's not true. That's a lie. Well, then what did happen? Do tell. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Uh, Frank? Anything else for the senator? Senator, do you have anything else so I can take hold you over? Yeah, I mean, there's other, there's a lot of other bills. I mean, I'm glad to talk about some of the other things. And you know, I, I had a bill in uh, this week. I had a hearing on to end the automatic gas tax increase in Maryland. So I'd like to hear about uh, that. There's some. All right. Yeah. So I'll be glad to hold over. Hold on, and we'll get uh, back. And if you bring us up to date on what's going on in our world that we don't know about or whatever, and if you have a question for the senator, text two three zero one. 694 We're back. Senator, thank you for holding on through the break. Now we're back to a point about uh, uh, lots of bills that Annapolis and uh, Frank said off the air, and I agree. I know we don't expect you to know all the bills, but uh, bills of interest, what else can you tell us that will affect us in Frederick County? He had a couple bill hearings this week, which I think people would find interesting. I, I put in legislation which would stop the automatic gas tax increase. So in 2013, when the state of Maryland increased the gas tax, they also put in a provision that every single year the gas tax would increase with the rate of inflation, the consumer price index. Okay. So what that means this year, inflation is around 7%, which is a 40-year high, and gas prices are at a 7-year high. Coupling those together... That's a nice little gas tax increase that people are going to feel, and they're going to feel it without the General Assembly ever voting for it, which is wrong. First off, your taxes should never be should never be increased when the legislature doesn't vote for it. It's just terrible that they would do that. In fact, only two states in the United States do that uh, because it's such a bad policy. Two did it recently, and they repealed it because it was so unpopular. And it's a terrible time right now. Just If you just take the price of gas, I was doing the math in my own head. Sure. And we're paying in my household about $120 more a month just year over year on gas. And then that doesn't even include groceries and everything else. So this legislation would stop the automatic gas tax increase going forward in Maryland. I think that's important legislation. Look, it's going to be a tough road to, to hoe here because you all know that stopping yeah. tax increases and stopping them from spending is difficult. But – we really should talk about this because it's really outrageous with gas prices at a, a seven-year high and inflation at a 40-year high. They're going to just let go through an automatic inflation gas tax. So mine would stop that. And I've got legislation in, and, uh, and so does the governor. I'm working with him again, dealing with crime. And I'm reintroducing this for the third year in a row, which would really target repeat violent offenders, people who are illegally using guns, who are illegally buying guns. Those are the people that are committing the crimes. When you look at the 300 homicides in Baltimore, are the over 100 homicides in Prince George's County, are the homicides really in our area. They're people who are 
most of the time, repeat offenders, people who are not supposed to have guns, and closing loopholes in our law. For example, in the state of Maryland, if you are a felon, or I'm sorry, if you're committing a felony and you're using a gun, it's an enhanced penalty, except if that felony is dealing drugs. Okay. Why we'd have that loophole in our law, I have no idea, and I've been trying to close that for three years. But those are the simple kind of things in this crime bill, common sense things, to go after the people that are doing the wrong. So uh, since you're bringing up uh, crime, uh, I believe I we've, we've asked you about this before because it was one of the uh, first issues that came up with the Assembly. Uh, and I wasn't sure your take on it last time we talked, and that is uh, these uh, ghost guns. Have you heard any more through testimony that's convinced you, yay or nay, one or the other, as far as banning ghost guns? Yeah, we haven't. The hearing on that is coming up. Uh, next week. So once we get to the hearing, I'll know more what they're proposing. But what I talked about my crime bill is important because there's this focus on, again, ghost guns. Ghost guns, I'm not sure how many homicides have been tied, if there's even one. There could be. But I'm not sure how many crimes are tied to, at this point, ghost guns. Whereas what I'm talking about are primarily handguns that are sold to criminals, sold by criminals, and my legislation would say, for example, if you hand someone or sell someone a gun, knowing they're going to commit a crime with it, there should be an enhanced penalty with it. So the state of Maryland is constantly going after, you know, uh, hunting rifles and shotguns. That was a couple years ago. After ghost guns, going after, you know, restricting and regulating law-abiding citizens, their rights to own and use guns. And yet somehow we turn a blind eye to the people that are committing the actual crimes, who are known criminals who are illegally selling guns, they don't care what restrictions that we put on place as far as firearms and firearm sales because they're criminals. They're going to break the law anyways, and they're doing it every day throughout the state of Maryland. And so if we want to tackle crime, what we really have to tackle are criminals who are uh, illegally using and selling firearms. A question for you from uh, one of the Texas. Ask the senator if they're going to make Maryland's state a state that does not tax your pension or retirement for firemen. For, did you say at the end, was it for firemen? Yes, it says for firemen. I think we have, there is a chance we do, um, there might be positive news there. So the governor has put in, we have a $4 billion surplus this year. A lot of that is one-time federal money. So everybody is awash with money right now because of all the federal money, mm -hmm. which is a whole separate story. But... A part of that, the governor wants to take and use to start stop, or to, to begin uh, providing relief to retirees and to stop taxing retirement income. His proposal would fully phase it in over a couple of years. He wants to start with low-income seniors and eventually phase it in for all seniors. And what this would mean is we'll stop taxing Social Security income, we'll stop taxing retirement income, uh, and that's really important. I think I talked about this some last time, but, you know, you hear it constantly. And Frederick County, too, because we're so close to West Virginia, Pennsylvania, that people, when they go to retire, they say, I don't want to stay here because my pension is going to get taxed or my right. 401k is going to get taxed. And, of course, Maryland has the death tax. Uh, right. So for wealthier people, they want to leave here, too, because of that. And Maryland needs to stop dis or we, we should stop disincentivizing, or I'm sorry, stop incentivizing people to leave our state once they've retired, because these are people who are 
uh, paying taxes in the system. They lived here. They worked here. They want to stay here. A lot of times they have grandkids. And remember, they're not putting kids in the school system. They're not a big burden on the system. These are people we want to have stay here. And it's yeah. just a shame that the state of Maryland has made it so difficult. And we all know lots of people who, as soon as they retire or soon afterwards, they go to another state where their uh, income is treated much better, their retirement income. That's true. Uh, a question I had back to you. Thank you, and I'll get that to the fireman. A question. When you say, go back to your gas tax, I have a thought process here. The tax in Maryland that that we have, is that based upon per gallon or per dollar? In other per words, gallon. Per gallon. So the we're only affected as the increase comes then per gallon, not per dollar that we're spending. Is, am I yeah. making sense? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the gas tax, I think, right now is about... 36, 36 or 38 cents from the state of Maryland per gallon. Wow. And what's going to happen is because you've got a 7% increase of inflation, then they're basically going to increase that gas tax at 38 cents, another 7% uh, a year. Uh, and then it'll just keep adding up every year. And then next year, if inflation's 7 or 8% or 5%, they're going to then tack that on and keep increasing that gas tax per gallon. Does it ever go backwards? No, no. <laughs> well, we don't we don't normally have a deflation. I can well, happen well, though. Yeah, you're right, you're right. We did actually kinda of have that yeah. COVID. But yo, it does not because of, go backwards. I remember city retirement city retirements at one point were based upon inflation, your 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 pension would increase. But if it did not, it would stay where it is or go back. And uh, I, that would be nice. Those days are gone. But anyhow. But you, you know what happened, though, is people forgot about this provision and forgot about this automatic gas tax sure. increase because gas prices were low. I mean, gas prices have been low. Inflation has been historically low. And now we're entering back to, you know, really a time we haven't seen. And, well, inflation 40 years, that's almost my lifetime. Yeah, exactly. Let me ask you a uh, question as a member of the Frederick County delegation that just affects uh, – I know you all discussed uh, a few things last Friday, including uh, transportation priorities. And um, one, one uh, issue that's being brought up is increased mark train service to Frederick, getting going uh, a line all the way to uh, uh, Brunswick. Uh, where do you think that stands right now? Increased train service. So, I mean, there's a couple of things we've been talked about. There's been talk weekend service, and um, there's been a, a couple different things. But I'd say this about the mark. Uh, there's not a lot of users on it right now is the problem. The mark is greatly being subsidized, the service that we have, because most of the employees on it, most folks are federal employees. And I can say this is somebody who has taken the mark, mark in the last six months. It's not being used very heavily. It's way down from what it was. So I, I don't think right now when you're talking about it's going to take a while to get it back until when the, the government employees start going back. And some of them may not for a long time. We don't know yet. So we really need to monitor what's happening with the market's usage before we start talking about expanding it. All right, Senator. Anything in, that, in that usage is way down is, is what I'm saying. So yeah. it, it doesn't make sense right now to expand something that's not being used as much. Well, they could ride Frederick Transit. They're not used. But anyhow, I digress. Uh, Senator, anything else that you uh, would, would want to bring up that uh, we have time for? would give you all the time you need. But uh, how about the uh, – Frank was talking to me about – because I go, he knows how to get me upset – about this <laughs> end-of-life uh, bill that was coming up. or yeah. what, What's it called, Frank? 
Uh, end of life. End of life, yeah. Bill. Is this back in the table anywhere down there? Have, yeah, I mean, have so you I've, heard? Have you that, heard? Yeah, that's the assisted suicide, yeah. physician assisted suicide legislation. That came to the Senate floor, let's see, about two or three years ago. It yeah. failed on the Senate floor. Also known uh, as uh, death with dignity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's suicide. what they, you know, it's, you know people, people spend it to what side they want. But it's, what it actually is is physician assisted suicide. And what right. it is is Maryland had a prohibition that we put in place. Many, many people remember Dr. Jack Kevorkian. Well, yes, sir. And when he started do he started doing that uh, in the nineties, uh, perform, performing physician assisted suicides. A number of states, including Maryland, passed a prohibition saying uh, you cannot have physician assisted suicide. So what this legislation does is attempts to get around that and circumvent mm. that. And you can have doctors prescribe massive amounts oh. of barbiturates to have somebody kill themselves. And oh. so. That legislation uh, has failed in the Senate a couple years ago. I don't think that the Senate should spend the time that we have on something that's already failed, something that's very controversial, something that has a lot of problems, and it's had a vote. It got a vote. People wanted a vote. It got one. It failed. It didn't move forward. There's so many pressing issues with the economy, with jobs, with crime. I, I just do not think we should waste time again on that issue. How about uh, golf carts in Lake Lingler? It's about time you all made some. No, I calm down, Senator. What's going on with the golf carts in Lake Lingler? <laughs> I know people look at it like, why is this important legislation? <laughs> so, unless you live uh, in Lake Lingler, you'd know. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. It would be a big issue if you lived in Lake Lingler, which they are my constituents, and so I'm uh, listening to them and working with them. Uh, I had a couple months ago, probably over the summer, Lake Linganore Association, their homeowners association, reached out to me. And they explained the issue that they've got a couple hundred folks who for a very long time have used golf carts and that they wanted to be able to travel on county roads. Or And I talked to multiple different people about it and actually um, reached out to and talked to a number of homeowners and, you know, had a couple hundred people explain to me um, they wanted to see something move forward. Long and short, all that we, we ended up doing is instead of there's a number of bills down here in the state that give authority and say, look, you can drive this golf cart on a state road. You can do this or that. You see a lot out in the eastern shore, retirement communities. My thought was that this needs a little bit more work than that. And I just wanted to put in enabling legislation is what I did. That gives the county the ability to really set up rules and regulations on it. So I don't want anyone to think they're going to be driving home tonight and there's going to be a golf cart in front of them getting in their way. That's not what we're talking about. This is within the Lake Linganore right. community, and this would be really setting up uh, regulations for them and the use of golf carts. Uh, and I think it'll be a better a win-win for everybody in that there will be rules and regulations in place because it's already happening now. So you yes. want to make sure it's safe and that it works well. And, and I so don't for want those people who to want be... to do it, those those who want to use them, they can be done safely. And then people that don't like them or are annoyed by them in Lake Linganore, then there'll be a, a process in place so they, they have to be used by rules. So sure. I, I think it's a way that uh, both sides in Lake Linganore, those who don't want them and those who like them, and quite frankly, those who like them and use them are in the majority. But still, I tried to come up with a compromise that would make sense 
and regulations that were good. So that's what we're doing. It's only Lake Linganore. Don't worry. Good. You're not going to be driving down Route 70 and there'll be a golf cart in front of you. That's not what we're talking about. I think it's long overdue, Senator. I think it's great enabling legislation. I think the county council would come back because it, it, it's a way of life. And like, and Lake Linganore is a closed community, so to speak. I mean, I wouldn't have any problem with Crestwood Village having because the people in that area. But anyhow, I digress. One more question before we get rid of you. The uh, sheriff of Freddie County is getting a pay raise, I understand. The next sheriff of yes. Freddie County. Um, yes. I, I think there was a compromise because I had heard all kinds of numbers being floated around. So now it's going to be, as I understand, uh, 140 for the first two years, 150 for the next two years. Yep, that's it. I, I originally came in with it. Look. I think my original proposal was fair and good. I was trying to put the sheriff. We have not dealt with his salary since 2014. I was trying to put the sheriff at the same rate as Charles County and Hartford County, what they have their sheriff as now. They are what's called full service sheriff departments, meaning they don't have a county police force. The sheriff does everything. And they have a similar, Hartford County has a similar population. In fact, we just set our county executive salary. We based it on Hartford County. I got pushed back from that, specifically from the county executive and uh, Delegate Karen Lewis-Young and some others that didn't want to move the rate up to 175. Sheriff's currently at 125. I offered 150. We ended up with this compromise where we're at is 140 the first two, 150 the second. I mean, I thought it was bad. I didn't want to walk away with nothing. Right. Um, I still think it's a little low because we're, we're about to do a bill that would put the register of wills at 146 yeah. and put the clerk of the court uh, uh, at uh, around, I think, 140, 150. So with all due respect to the clerk, I love Sandy Dalton. She does a great job of the, uh, the register of wills and, and all those Sharon positions. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just think the sheriff has a, he's got a much larger office. He's managing a lot of responsibilities. And I've always firmly believed that we need to fully fund law enforcement. Uh, I was I helped push through the, uh, the state's attorney's pay raise. I think Charlie Smith is excellent. I want to have an excellent state's attorney, and I want to continue to have an excellent sheriff and make sure that we compensate that position well. So that was uh, what we ended up coming up with. Well, I, I can't fault you for what you did because you did were able to get something. I think it's uh, I think it's uh, uh, ridiculous, ridiculous. Uh, comments from the county exec, if she made them, and I heard the comments from Karen Lewis-Young, which I think were totally inappropriate, uh, and it just shows that what well, lack well, of just, knowledge she has. Talking, what lack of yeah, knowledge just, she has. Well, I just made the argument, I don't, how we can justify Hartford County and Charles County, Charles County is a smaller county than Frederick County, how we can justify their sheriff making more. Usually what you do is you look for other jurisdictions. Sure. And even what we're going to pay our sheriff here. Mm-hmm. which is a raise, it's still going to be less than what some of the sheriffs make in larger jurisdictions who have a county police force. So most of these sheriffs in you know Baltimore City and sure. Prince George's County, Montgomery County, they were around 140, and all they really do is operate a jail. And in Baltimore City, they don't even operate the jail. The state does. Well, one thing I would so think, warrants. I think the sheriff should be paid the same we pay the head of the libraries. But anyhow, we're not going to talk <laughs> any more about that in Frederick County, if you know what that salary is. Maybe I don't. We, 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 oh, it's, it's one of the best salaries in Frederick County. But anyhow, I digress. I don't want to get into that because I don't want to pick on anybody. But I really appreciate Senator Mike Huff from you taking time out of your day. It does help us. If you can get back to us at the end of the week, that would be, I know it's, it's Frank, stop it. Like on Friday, if you're coming up the road or if you stay down there, let us know if there's anything new we need to know. 